Hello, everyone. Welcome in to another episode of the Production Line podcast. I am your host, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. We haven't started a podcast like that in quite a while. I don't know. I don't know why I decided to do it like that right away, but I kind of felt right. Yeah, that was smooth. One of your better takes. Thank you. We usually try that five times before we actually start until it hits right. Not really. We've I don't think we've ever like re-edited anything because I'm not very good at editing. I'm kidding. I like (laughs) so like we don't do any like middle cuts in this. We always like if anything messes up, it needs to be in the beginning or the end, because that's when I just trim the ends. And it's just me later tonight on my phone, like scrolling to make sure like that little like five second clip is cut out. It's quite funny. Um, what a week for uh, Detroit sports. Not so much yeah. the Pistons, like who cares about that? But like the Tigers made a couple big free agent signings because they're pushing for the playoffs now. I couldn't tell uh, you who they signed. No, it was yeah. um, Baez, Javier Baez, I think he is. They signed him to like $150 million contract. Um, we have um, the Red Wings, obviously now five straight wins. And uh, our boy... MCDC, MCDC, Motor City Dan Campbell gets his first dub as a Lions head coach. That was electric. They it was literally the equivalent of winning the Super Bowl for the Lions today. It was awesome. I was I so to, jacked. I tried to hop on a stream at like whatever, like three o'clock when it's, it was like the third quarter, and my computer just started bugging out, and I'm like, I gotta get off. Really. Yeah, I don't know. Like the stream was like really laggy. My my computer's fan just kicked into high gear, and I'm like, this isn't good. I had to I had to get off. I don't know all the football sites for obviously I have my NHL sites I can get on, but okay, football is not exactly my my. I use the suit. same one I use for hockey. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. No. So I like I saw like the highlights and stuff, and it looked like Goff could actually make a couple of passes. So that was cool. Off had a good game. Like he was like maybe two ninety five yards or something like that. Three TDs. It's a respectable game. Yeah, hundred thirty rushing yards for Goff. Wow. Just kidding. Oh, I was gonna say like that's <laughs> That'd a really cool good game. That'd be a really good game. Yeah, he's like he's the new Josh Allen. Well, no. Damn no. Near. I saw I saw like a clip from his press conference saying how he was actually like he, he's like hey actually looking forward to talking to you guys today. <laughs> that's pretty funny and it was uh it was cool with dan campbell dedicating the um the game ball to the community of oxford that was cool very cool obviously awful situation there thoughts are out to those people yeah all the victims the victims families um but yeah we'll stop talking about um the 110 and one lions we're here to talk about the 13 9 and 3 red wings uh, oh, yeah. what a what a week! Yeah, that was a fun what one. A week. Um, we had three games, uh, two one win over the Bruins, which we'll get to first. But I want I we had a couple uh, couple notes on prospects. By the way, they they announced the uh, World Juniors for Canada and the U.S. Uh, Brett Savage, Carter Mazer on the U.S. team. Uh, were you surprised by that? Uh, thoughts? I was surprised by Red Savage. Mazer, no. Um, 
I almost thought Bullion would get a look. Wasn't too surprised he didn't, but I would have thought him maybe over... I had him more in my mind than Red Savage. I don't think he's had... He also plays on Miami of Ohio. Hasn't had the best year. They're kind of down this year. Um, Bullion's on a stacked Denver team, so I, so I thought that might get him a look, but he's kind of outshined by Barons. And then... Also, I thought maybe Cross Hannes would get a look, but um, that one didn't surprise me too much either. Yeah, like looking at it, like initially, we had, yeah. So Carter Mazer obviously lock because, I mean, with this weekend now factor, and he's got 14 points, 14 games. Like as a freshman, granted, he's 19, but. And he, he plays an all around game. It's not just one dimensional, where I think Hannes is more one dimensional as a forward. And same as Savage, he plays an all-around game. And, yeah, like, the guy was like, I agree with you. The Booyam one was a little bit interesting to me. I thought he probably could have deserved a look. But also, he's a younger kid. I'm pretty sure he's new. Like, he's just turned 18. Yeah. I think that's how it works. Well, um, he's in 03, right? Yeah, I think he's a late 03. Yeah. Um, But with Cross Hannes, I haven't been too impressed with his numbers. He had three points last night or two. Yeah, he's streaky, but like it's nothing. Like, as as a nineteen year old, as a second round pick, I haven't been super impressed with him in the he's WHL. Not, he's less of like a play pusher than he is more a support finisher that can finish and makes good mm-hmm. passes. I think right, so. Maybe maybe it's the talent around him a little bit. Like they don't have Jarvis this year, so that could be a big thing. He has good flashes. It's just like I said, he's can't really push a, a pace by himself. And I know he's probably almost a point per game, if not a point per game, but you'd like to see that a little bit over a point per game in the dub for that kind of prospect. Right. And with talking about like Red Savage, like he's never been like a huge point production guy. He's going to be their fourth line center, probably. Well, I mean, this is also like, this isn't for, I should also prefer, this isn't for the team. It's for the, it's for the selection. This it's is like just the for the camp. camp. Yeah. So there's a chance that Red Savage doesn't make it still. That's why yeah. I'm a little bit more surprised that they didn't even make the camp. Like right. some of those guys. It's not I think there's point. only isn't it only like 10 cuts out of it though? I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty confident that Mazer will actually make the team. I don't know about Me Savage. Too. When I saw like projected lineups, I saw I actually it was I think it was Pronman from the Athletic. He projected both Mazer and Savage on the team. Okay. And that was before Obviously, this selection is what happened. This was like uh, a few months ago, but um, USA should have a pretty fun team. They have a good chance to re the repeat. Yeah, for sure. Like Barons is it like you brought him up earlier? He's a very good defenseman. He's really good on the power play. I'm forgetting who else they have up front. Oh, they have like um, what he's supposed to do on the top five this year? Cooley, Cooley's good. Um, I think I he's, he's the only draft eligible that made the team. I think so too. He's supposed to go top five. Um, Beniers obviously, yeah, will be a big player for them. Um, I think Canada's probably still probably Who's the, the Toronto heavy. pick that like went really late this oh, year. Oh, but... Matthew, not Matthew Nyes. Oh my gosh, he's dirty, he's really good. I said, why I they have so many late round picks that turn into be like studs. Yeah, I, I said, I literally said this when I was doing my me and you were doing like our personal lists last year just for fun. Like obviously we didn't have the podcast or anything. And I, I had Matthew Nyes at like 40 and he yeah. went, in the, he went, in the, he went 59 or 60. He was your, uh, our, our, oh my gosh. 
Ayrton Martino of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I loved yeah. I loved his game. Martino's so pretty. Did he get selected? No, he didn't get selected for Canada. No, he did. Did he? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I know he's having a pretty good year at Clarkson. Yeah. Um, and we go to Canada too. We'll do Canada right away. We had uh, Sabrango and Cosa both selected the camp. And I think both will probably make the team. I Cosa for sure. Much. Yeah, those, those two weren't shocking at all. Um, Canada had another shocking pick, but is going to be the starter. Sabrango will probably be their fifth or sixth defenseman. Uh, the part about Sabrango they probably like too is I don't think anyone else plays pro on that team. Yeah, the big question is with Byfield. He just got released. Oh, that's uh, right. He's got loaned back to Ontario. So he, honestly, if if I'm the Kings, I probably just let him play in Ontario for a while, and just let him play World Juniors. And if he's lighting it up, like have him come back up. You know what I mean? I agree. Like that, he'd be huge for Canada coming back. Yeah, that's scary. He's filthy. I feel bad for I feel bad for Quinton Byfield. Like I feel like I obviously like. Raymond's been great, but I feel like Byfield could be putting up have a pretty respectable rookie year. Mm, yes, probably. It depends what they would do with centers there. It's kind right. of right, right. I know they have. He would probably have been like third center if not playing wing. Because you look yeah. at it right now, because they sent Velarde back down with the Kings, so he probably would have had the three C spot, which is crazy. Velarde had a really good year last year. Yeah, I don't know. He's a guy that like maybe they look to trade. I don't know. Um, yeah, so Sabrango, it was weird because they left Brant Clark off, which I don't, yeah, that was, that was a pretty head, pretty big head scratcher to me. I like Brant Clark a lot. He's a, he, his point production is unreal as a defenseman. Ridiculous. And also all of their defensemen for Canada are like all left-handed defensemen. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, you have, you have Zellweger, who I'm a big fan of. You oh had uh, gosh. Ryan O'Rourke, Ryan O'Rourke from the Sioux. Yep. Um, Sabrango. I'm just naming these off the top. Lambos. Lambos is good. Who else am I missing? I'm missing a couple other players, but like I think all of them but one are left-handed defensemen. Owen Power, obviously. Yeah, but I guess the thought was that they were only looking at Brand Clark to be a power play quarterback, and they they figure Power and like Zellweger can run both power play units. I mean, it makes sense. I don't know. If you really are scared about defense, and Brent Clark might not be your best option, especially as a younger so That's why they look at a guy like that's why they're looking at a guy like O'Rourke or Sabrango to take that spot. Yeah. Because they're more defensively aware. I'm just excited for Team Sweden, not gonna lie. I know that list hasn't been announced yet, but we could end yeah. up having probably four players on that team. Five. Niederbach, Wallinder. Edvinson, um, Edvinson, Dower Nelson. Yeah, four. And if we want to look at it now, because where the Red Wings are positioned, which we'll get to points wise, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Littermackey for oh, Sweden. Lackermackey. Lackermackey. He'd He's be going filthy. He might be Red Wings pick in the first round next year because where they're positioned. When was I watching him? Oh, the, uh, the cup they had not long ago, the Four Nations. Was that U20 or U18? I think it was U20. Might have been U18. I don't know. It was U20. Lecker Mackey was on the team, and he was filthy. Yeah, he's good. He's... They have him, and there's Osland, I think his name is, from Jurgarden. He's also projected first round as a Swedish player. 
you know, you just chalk that up to Hakan Anderson right there. Whoever he's, feeling that, whoever he's feeling that day. But yeah, like the Swedes for the Red Wings are, I mean, we go to Edvinson. I think he's up to like, he's 11 or 12 points in 21 games, I think. Yeah. And then Wallinder killing it as well. And then Niederbach, Niederbach and Soderbloom are both playing second line now. Yep. I didn't Deserve watch the game. Show. I didn't watch the game yesterday. I was, I was going to try to, but I didn't. I also didn't watch. Bummer. I know they lost, didn't they? Yeah, two to one in overtime, I think. Or shootout. Tough. Tough. Um, yeah. Yeah, I suppose we can get into the um, first game. A uh, lot of news in the before the game with the Bruins. We had the suspension to Marshand, which Andy Carson and I talked about on the podcast. I don't know if you listened. I listened to the first five minutes, probably. Uh, and then Tough. I listened to the rest. Yeah. Tough. Anyway, what do you think of the Marshand uh, suspension? Um, I think it's really dumb that Subban can get away with it all the time, but Marshan can't because Marshan has a history that was three years ago and he hasn't done anything since. Uh, he's really cooled down to his play recently, and I don't think he meant to do it. He just goes 100% all the time, and mistakes are going to happen. Or Subban does it damn near every night. It's bullshit, in my opinion. I, I think three was a little harsh. In my opinion, the location of the slew foot was rough. I know, and, and it also like I don't think it was intentional. With I think they got tied up, but like his his foot swept, which it's a clear slew foot motion. That's a weird saying. I don't think that's an actual saying, but I think I was expecting one game, and I thought I would have been fair, if not two. I literally truly believe Marshan tried to change his game, and I think mistakes happen. No, I, I agree. I agree. It, it's just garbage that Subban has had probably two or three that have been worse than that this year. And he gets what a slap on the wrist. Here's five grand for a fine when you make however much money, not including ads. And do you see how much money Marchand's lost in his career due to yeah, suspensions? 97,000 was it? Or nine hundred nine hundred ninety seven thousand. It's almost a million dollars. That is a lot of money. He's rich. <laughs> he can afford it. Um, and then we had Bruce Cassidy going into COVID protocol as well. So Joe Sacco had, was a head coach of the Bruins that night. And then the Jake DeBrusque situation that went over the weekend, the last weekend, he had to play in this game because all of the, they couldn't call anyone up because they had COVID issues and also the Marchand um, suspension. So DeBrusque had to play, which yeah. is pretty funny. And he did. He barely. He barely played. Like I think he played all of like eight minutes. But it's pretty funny. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Wow. Debrusque is Debrusque is an interesting case. Yeah, he is for sure. And I I don't know why he hasn't been traded yet. To be honest, I'm sure they're weighing out options. I I would like. I think they're trying to get the best. I don't know that there is going to be a best. Right. I'm sure, it's not going to be that big of a haul back. I think they're probably trying to get the, a big haul right now, and then it's going to slow down. Yeah, I said in the podcast last week, I said mid-level, mid-level pick with mid-level prospect, like a third and like a like equivalent of like a third and a fourth. Yeah, um, something like that. Anyway, um, so Nadelkovic starts this game. This was his fifth straight start. 
uh some or was it fourth it might have been fourth straight it was fourth straight i think something that you said was was crazy to think about like a couple weeks ago which i thought was funny what because I, pro- I i said i said a couple weeks ago that nadalkovich should be starting four out of five games and you said that's too much and then nadalkovich did it like the next week i did think that was too much <laughs> i still might think that's too much for continually doing that to him especially with grice being a very good backup um but it's nice to think about that he can do that and be fine uh especially this game he was the whole reason why we won this game yeah i would like for it at least to be maybe like three games i think five to six is a little much but when you're on that big of a gap i guess roll the hot hand but what game did grice play against grubauer yeah yeah i mean he played good that's what Grice grice is just gonna he's not gonna hurt you I yeah. think Nadelkovich has been a lot better than him, but I'm a huge fan of Grice too. So, yeah, I do like Grice as well. Um, but yeah, Nadelkovich 41 saves uh, in this game. <laughs> the shots were like 42 to 16, I think it was for the Bruins. Yeah, that was ridiculous. And a lot of them were like high danger shots from David Posternock. See, but like, Early on in the game, I thought the Bruins had no high-end shots. I thought the, like, the Red Wings did really well defending. And then in turn, it took away all their offense because like they got on shot, I think it was like 20 to 9 after two periods or something like that. I, I just um, know Posnock had quite a few high-danger opportunities because he yeah, was he buzz, did. buzzing all night. Yeah, towards the end especially, like the, the Bruins really started to press more. The first 15 minutes, he was all over the ice. They just He just kept getting stick-lifted and stuff. But he was flying around. It was pretty scary. Yeah. Um, but we could go into like a couple of like the major talking points. Uh it was really like Fabry was bullying Pasta this game. He was all over him in the beginning. Yeah, he hammered him twice. <laughs> you kind of love to see it. Yeah, you do. Um oh yeah, we had some we had some good uh <laughs> we had some funny moments in this game. We had uh Adam Ernie and Michael Rasmussen about to be on a 2 0 and Ernie eats shit and falls <laughs> and the breakaway is canceled. Yeah. I, mm, I don't even know what to say about that, <laughs> to be honest. We can have a further conversation later about it. Um we had some uh it's a good vibes though later. We had um really nifty pass from Suter to Zadina for the breakaway goal. That was really not dirty dish. Really nice move too. Like I'm really glad. That, like Zadina actually looked like I pointed out. Um, I'll get to that later. But uh, Zadina really made a move with confidence, and he looked like he wanted to score there. Yeah. Versus where oftentimes he's been this year, he really just takes it and shoots it, and, and it's not like a high quality chance where he actually made Allmark slide side to side and Is lifted it over the pad. Badly looks better when he plays on the fourth line. I legitimately I so I said this. Um, with that decision, with Jeff Lashell putting him on the fourth line, a lot of fans weren't happy about it. And I, I actually agreed with it. And he looked better afterwards. He should play on the fourth line. He's better on the fourth line. I don't, I don't think he should play there permanently, but like, I think it was a good wake up call. Right. For right now, he should. He doesn't do anything on the top six. Why should we have him in the top six when Giovanni Smith is better than him right now? Okay. Okay. I'm just saying he does. I don't agree with Zadina that. Zadina does. <laughs> Sedina has been useless in the top six. I thought the past this week, I thought he was good. I thought he was good this week and all in the other games too. 
I legitimately thought he had great chances. But speaking of this game, I thought this game is very good for Zidane. Great chance. Not just doesn't mean shit. Okay, your negativity is not welcomed here. Actually, your negativity is welcomed in a later topic, but we'll get to, we'll we keep. Oh, I love later topics. Yeah, this later topic involves a six foot six man who lost a board battle to a five foot nine player that we will not name yet. I don't know a six foot six man. <laughs> Unless you're talking about, uh, there's two names I don't ever say. One's Voldemort. I just shit. I just said it. The other one I I will not say. And he plays on the Red Wings. There's actually three names I don't say. I've taken them out of my vocabulary. There's two Red Wings that are not in my vocabulary anymore. I can think of two right now, and they one has one is one is Voldemort. Okay, I just said it again. But the other two are Red Wings. Okay. (laughs) I I know who I I know you're talking about now, but yes. Um, you know, I don't know if you caught this in the broadcast, but like, since we were talking about the Martian suspension, did you hear what Chris Oskid was saying about the suspension? Uh, no. He mentioned how dirty of a player Marshand was, and he'd rather Tom Wilson over Brad Marshand. Yeah, that is wild. That's a wild take. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's <laughs> many players that would rather over Marshand. No, 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 but it's not even the, that's not even the hot take. It's the... That Wilson's a cleaner player than Brad Marchand is hilarious. Oh, okay. I, they're both crazy <laughs> takes, but I just <laughs> well, think Marchand, Marchand hasn't done shit in the last two to three years. Yeah, he's just a general rat. Like, the Panarin comments, like, we've talked about, I didn't like those. Like, I know. I, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. That's we, don't have, we don't have players. to get it. Yeah, That's we don't have to get it. players, yeah. Yeah, we don't have to get into it. I have my opinion of yours. We won't get into it, but... um. The uh, yeah, the odds could take. That's hilarious. It was comically bad. I I don't know. I even like the taking Wilson over Marshan. I don't know if I could name ten other forwards I would take over Marshan. I don't think they're like at his him right now. Not talking about futures. Like if I had to play place a player on a team, I might pick him like fifth overall out of forwards. Yeah. That's uh, like if you look at production over the past six years, I think he's top three yeah. but behind like Dry and McDavid. I think he's the only players behind, he's the only player behind those two. I li- if I had to pick a team right now and I have to pick a forward first, my top five forwards probably would be McDavid, Barkov, Dry and then McKinnon, and then. I don't know, maybe Marchand, literally. Yeah, I throw a shout to Ovi and Crosby, but I, I agree mostly with that list. Right now, I think I would take Marchand. That okay. might sound crazy. No, not really. I think that's. I think any of those seven, I listed Crosby and Ovi just in there as well. But I, I don't like any of those seven. I think are quality picks. Uh, yeah. Um. Obviously, you can't go wrong with any of those guys. They're superstar. Yeah. They're superstar players. Um. I really thought we had a couple like. The Bruins power play obviously has always been very good. And I thought this game, especially Mark Stahl and Sam, like Mark Stahl, especially had a really good game. We'll get to him in a little bit, but Sam Gagne and Mark Stahl had a really good game. Penalty killing. I've generally liked Mark Stahl quite a bit this year. There was one game where he had a couple really bad plays, but everyone's bound to have an off night every, every once in a while, but he's been pretty good this year. And same as Sam Gagne. Both are very reliable players. 
I felt almost this year that Mark Saul has been better than he was last year. He has been. I remember like the beginning of last year, like the first 10 games. I'm like, oh, holy shit. Mark well, Saul. I, I thought John- he was Jonathan Erickson John- <laughs> at block shots. But like he actually has some ability. Like he keeps the puck in very well at the blue line. I really appreciate that. Especially the last game I was watching, I kind of co- I keyed in on him a little bit because he was out there a lot with um because obviously they went down to 5D that game, but he was out there a lot with the first line. And him and Raymond were passing the puck really well back and forth, like up and down the wall. Not that it really means much, but I'm like, it's really good. Like he's able to like everyone had this picture of him at this point that like he just ate pucks and that was it. But at least he has some ability. And um we'll get to Mark Salt back to Mark Salt in a little bit because um as soon as they got off the ice. Also, Michael Rasmussen in – was it this game? Yeah, Michael Rasmussen, I think, took a late penalty, which made it a five-on-three. And then, obviously, Bruins on a five-on-three that doesn't end well with the Red Wings. Regardless how good of a night Alex Ndalkovich is having, who I think had like 30-some saves at this point. It was in the third period, halfway through. Pasta, one-timer, yeah. Not yeah you good. just can't give Pasta an opportunity on a five-on-three. That's just that's just like your key to unsuccess. Yeah, I don't know word. if it was it, it, eh, no, but okay. Well, I just, it's it's a word now. Yeah, I only say it because like I know Gus Lindstrom had a penalty in there too, but I can't remember which one was the five on three penalty. Okay. Whatever we'll blame Raps we'll blame Rasmussen. I'm always this. down to throw him under the bus, you know that. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna blame him for the for the argument's sake. But I felt really bad, like I'm like I'm like at this point when they tied it, it's one one. The shots are, I think at this point probably like thirty two to twelve. And I'm like, we're not winning this game. Yeah. And then, oh, the man himself. We draw. Uh, someone gets hit from behind, so it uh, it's a six on five. The Red Wings pull the goalie, and those never really work. You never, you rarely see a goal on a six on five. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there's only so much time, and it's unlikely that they don't touch the puck in that time. Right, possession-wise. But the they were zipping around, and it was Nemestikov that threw it from the point. And somehow Mark Stahl's the one sneaking down back door and bangs home with a rebound. I actually he think was, it was our six-foot-six strong man that got pounded from behind. In front that's of who it was. Yeah, it was. So I guess he made up for the he, – he made up for the, the bad call. You know, he took a bad penalty, and then he gets drilled and – you know, gets Mark Saul a goal. Nope. He needs to learn how to stay on his feet. You're six foot six. You shouldn't get tossed around like a pussy. Wow. Sorry. Ta- tell us how you really feel. Yeah, I, I'll tell you later. So, yeah, I was pumped for Mark. So I was, I was like, hell yeah. This is awesome. That was, yeah, that was, I'm, I, he's a guy I root for. Yeah. Like he's pumped up. Team dad, him and Sam Ghani are team dad. But, Super, like it was a really smart play by he kept going. Like you watched the replay, it was almost he just the offensive instincts were kicking kicking in for thirty four year old Mark Stahl, sly dog. We should give him five door. by five right now. I, what did I bring up? I brought this up. I think in the first episode, so I said Art Regner had a really bad take with Mark Stahl signing like a two year deal worth two point five million. Is that? I don't know, that might not be a bad take at this point. It's a good take. It's a good take from Art. I tried to listen to Art Regner's uh, inter- this is a I'm going off topic. I tried to listen to Art Regner's podcast with Sebastian Cosa. I couldn't get through it. You couldn't? I couldn't. I couldn't get past. He was he kept giving Sebastian Cosa nicknames and like Cosa was pretty obviously dogging him 
and it was really funny, but like I couldn't get through it. I love when it's Daniela and Art. Whenever they interview someone, and all the player always tries to ignore Art. Yeah, he's always like, like Dan- super Daniela. Daniela is always trying to do her job like very seriously. Like I think she's really great, and then Art's just like he throws the the weirdest question into the mix, and I'm like, what was that? <laughs> what was that? Like, uh, yeah. He's been there for so long, like they'll never change it. But uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, he was, seems like a like he seems like a likable guy. I, I'm just yeah, I shouldn't like make fun of him. I was gonna listen to that one with Kosa, but now that you say that, I won't. I forgot yeah. all about it until you said something. I did too. I listen. I really listen, I like listen. It was a couple weeks ago it came out, but I listened to it recently. I tried to. I got like halfway through it. Um, but yeah, the Red Wings ended up holding on for this game two one. I'm kind of pissed I didn't buy tickets for this game. It was like 40 bucks, but it was a Tuesday night. And I'm like, I don't really want, I don't feel like getting back to my apartment at like midnight. I wouldn't have cared. 40 bucks. Yeah. Then the odds are, the odds are I, you know, I, they lose five, one again and I get bullied on the train. That's fine. Yeah, maybe. So yeah. Uh, Ned, very good. 41 saves uh, was our best player. Etc. Like I, I, like I, I said this earlier, but like only the third period I found that was that actual threat for scoring chances for Boston. Like I thought the rest of the game, I thought the Red Wings shut it down, and it's kind of been a theme, especially more recently. The Red Wings really just hate third period leads. Yeah, yeah I think they, I think they've blown like in every game they've won. I think they had a third period lead. They just love overtime, and I, lo- I love it. I'm, I'm down for three and three. <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's make let things it interesting. Let it ride. Um, I thought because we had obviously Dan Kaiser has been on COVID protocol earlier. It was like two games ago from this, this point. And Osterley with Cider. I really I've been a big fan of that pairing. And yeah, you said too. that you said that at the beginning of the year. You said that would have been a good pair. You basically projected the pairings at this point, besides Lindstrom, obviously. But well, I guess my point was I don't think Cider or DeKaiser can keep up with cider and i think it holds him back and watching it now and watching osterly instead of the kaiser there my uh point was completely true the kaiser cannot keep up he's a liability to cider and now that osterly i feel like cider feels better and has more freedom because osterly is a better skater and they can make more plays together i'm pretty sure jeff after this game was he uh name this as like Osterley's best game, I think. So that's yeah. something to be said. Yeah, Osterley, there's nothing flashy about him. Like he's definitely like on a good team. I mean, maybe the Red Wings are a good team at this point, but uh Jordan Osterley's more like a fifth or sixth defenseman. I mean, he's a, he, he's a fine fifth or sixth defenseman, but right now right. on our first pairing is a fill because he can keep up a cider is fine. Dan is right. a seventh defenseman, if not eighth. He's eighth he, on this team. He should be eighth. If not an AHL defenseman, he's not good enough to be in a lineup. He's bad. Right. But no, yeah, like with Osterley, he does the two things that defensemen need to do is move the puck and actually be able to skate. Yep. Two things, two things you need to do. Excuse me. Um also franchise win three thousand. Pretty crazy. That's a that's a big number. It doesn't seem like a lot, but that's a big number. I mean, when you've been in the league for three hundred years, you should have three thousand wins. I mean, it's not 300 years. It's been... Uh, I said 3,000. Yeah. It's been like 300, 400 years. 
it's been since 1926. I started to do the math in my head real quick. It's 95 years, I think. You're smart. I mean, that's just quick math. It's quick math. So I, I can be off. that. I you could be yeah. off. Depending on, uh, it's either 94 or 95. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> that's um, tough. Yeah, tough. But uh, yeah, next day, uh, Lucas Raymond, our boy, winning Rookie of the Month. Back to back. This is the first first time since Matthews and Marner for two teammates to win rookie of the back to back months. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Very crazy. Uh he had 12 points in 14 games. Yeah, not bad. I think the reason we're playing Nadelkovich so much is so we can get the Treyway going. That's what I'm thinking. I think Zegers is gonna win this month, but yeah. I think so too. Uh, I think it was Nadelkovich and Zegers that were second and third. Zegers on a tear. I know. I don't feel so comfortable Raymond winning the ball anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Zegers has been really, really good. The, the bad part about uh, Zegers versus Raymond, too, is Zegers is a line pusher. He carries that line, basically. He gets yeah. in where, where I would say Larkin's more of the line pusher for Raymond, but Raymond makes so much happen, too. Yeah, I wouldn't say like he plays passenger, but he, Larkin definitely pushes the pace more. This is going to be such a fun end to a rookie. Year. Either way, I think we're going to have two in it for sure in the race. Yeah, at least in the top three. At least the top three Whether yeah. they win it or not, Izegris is such an insane player that I don't really care. No, unless just, it's like so obvious that they lose. Like, But I don't imagine that happening. I think it's going to be a close race. I just – it's the, – the weirdest part to me is – so you can make the argument that Zegris is doing some similar stuff that Raymond's doing. <laughs> Granted, Raymond's a year younger. Right. I don't think anyone's doing what Cider's doing. I know, and I want to I want to have a bigger conversation about Cider later after the third game, so we can get into that after. So let's, I, I kind of want to focus back on Lucas here, but I like forward wise, he's been like every number he breaks is only like closest to Eisman yeah. for Red Wings records, and it's just it's just so poetic that Eisman was the one that drafted him, and they're both fourth overall, both right handed, both smaller forwards. Hilarious! It's yeah, so it's... cool pretty cool um yeah and he's just he's recently i think it's only been i think max boldman pulled pointed this out lucas raymond's only been scoreless in games for like two it was only two games straight where he's been without a point yeah it's incredible <laughs> that's incredible at the age of 19 it's so funny uh and he's just he just scores like i know the boston game who we just covered he didn't have any points in that game and then immediately in seattle we, we can get into that next but um yeah congrats lucas raymond uh he's been such a treat to watch this year and talk about it's just so easy it's just so easy again he's not the flat he's not the fastest player he's not like the flashiest player he's just so smart it depends how you how you define flashy i i tend to look at flashy in a different aspect there's different types of flashy there's fast, there's good hands, and there's smarts. If you really key on a player and look at the way they maneuver around the ice and the way they make plays passing-wise or skating-wise, he's f- very flashy. He is such a good, so good at maneuvering around and through traffic and finding open ice. And to me, that's almost my favorite type of flashy. It's a player like that. I, I love, like, similar to, like, 
I know you had made this comparison before is Mark Stone. Mark Stone kind of plays like that. I don't they're it's not they're, an exact match. Not an exact match, but they're similar. Mark Stone, Mark Stone is such a smart player as well. I'm just saying a smart right-hander, basically. But I have the perfect comparison for Raymond right now. And I just thought of it. And it's a Red Wing, and nobody's really talked about it. I've never really heard this comparison. And I don't think I'm wrong on this. Henrik Zetterberg. I saw that comparison the other day. Did you? Yeah, it was on wow. Twitter. Damn. I did not see that. I, I don't that. agree with that. So here's I, my I see thing. I see similarities. Henrik Zetterberg I've always said this. Uh Henrik Zetterberg to me is the perfect comparison for Sebastian Ajo, except Sebastian Ajo is a little more like skilled, I think. Ooh, that is true. That's a good point. Um, but it was like the the way I see was Zetterberg and Raymond, both smaller-ish forwards. Zetterberg never relied on his speed. Raymond doesn't rely on his speed. Zetterberg had very good hands. Raymond has good hands. And Zetterberg's IQ is off the charts. Raymond's IQ is off I the guess charts. you could compare him to Sebastian Ajo in that sense, too. Right, right. <laughs> well, I'm also – also another thing I want to, like, talk about, like, which will be a conversation later in this podcast with uh, – dude, like, remember with Zetterberg, like, halfway through his career, they're like, all right, you're a center now. I think yeah. Raymond's smart enough where he could be a center at some point. The same thing happened with Ajo. Ajo was drafted as a winger. They could do that. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're smart enough. And it doesn't really matter. Like, center doesn't really matter too much about size. Like, Raymond's no. on, Raymond's very smart in his own end. I mean, Sebastian Ajo is probably one of my favorite centers in the league. And like you said, he wasn't a center to start out with. I think he's, yeah, he's, he's a genius. He's not He's not the fastest guy either. Like, he's not slow, but he's not fast. He's a wizard. I mean? He's a, I, I love yep. – yep. he's one of my favorite players. So I think, honestly, like, with Raymond, I guess we should be comparing him to Sebastian Ajo. Like, that might be yeah. the, the apt comparison. I, the, yeah, they definitely have some crazy similarities. Yeah. Looking at it like that. Wow. Yeah, I like that. that was, that's a good – I like that. Very good player to look at. Um, But let's get into this, uh, this Kraken game. Let's get Kraken on this Kraken game. I don't want to get Kraken. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be anywhere near getting Kraken. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Red Wings played the Crackheads the first time, uh, and they won undefeated against the Seattle Kraken in their history. Yeah, I mean, when you have the best German goalie going up against the worst German goalie, it's pretty easy. <laughs> it's kind of true. Um, so should we talk about the big news right away, or should we wait till after the game? That Phil Grubauer is overrated and he sucks. That wasn't the big news I'm referring to. Oh. I don't know any other news. <laughs> uh, we'll save. We'll save. We'll save the other conversation towards the end, and we I can talk about. I actually don't know what you're talking about, to be honest. Uh, not. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it at the end. Okay. Um. So we have Grice starting Letty's eight eight hundredth game, which was pretty cool. I it's I didn't think it'd be that much already, but yeah. Um. With uh, Giovanni Smith, I, I pointed out this game. I thought Giovanni Smith really got a – he had a good game this game too. Yeah. I thought so. Anyway, and he kind of just had momentum going in for the rest of it. Uh, this first period was honestly like the, the biggest train wreck I've seen in a hockey game. The Red Wings, by the way, like rare, rarely is a back-to-back for the home team. And the other team doesn't have a back-to-back. Oh, yeah, that you know is I mean? true. I didn't. I forgot about that. That was the back to back. Yeah. So like, I was like, I was born. I'm like, it's kind of kind of sucks. 
because I'm like the Kraken, they have been playing pretty well of late. And the Red Wings just got off a defensive battle. Granted, the goalie wasn't starting in because like Nelkovich was, yeah, you got to tap him out. He's he's not playing that next game. Well, it's more of, I loved that Nadalkovich didn't play this game. I wanted Grubar to get shown up by his uh, country mate. Yeah, Gre- also, there was Grice no way. Is, yet. Grice is 10 times better than Grubar. Not up for discussion. Yeah. No, I was, I uh, have my favorite, or er, lost my train of thought. Train of thought is gone. The train tracks have rolled. I have, okay. my train has fell off the train tracks and now everyone has turned <laughs> on the train. Okay, I'll, just, I'll, I'll pick up. So, like, with, with this, I view with this season, there's I obviously you ride the hot hand, but there's no way in a back to back that goalies should be back to back starting. No, nope. You roll like if it's if especially if it's a two night, if it's a two night break, like we're gonna have from Saturday until Tuesday. Yep, you right. You, I think Nadalkovic should start against the Predators, but we'll get into that like later. But again, you don't start back to like no goalies back to back at this point, especially in this league today. In the NHL, I think that should be a rule, hard, heavy rule. That shouldn't happen. Uh, but yeah, Grice is a very he's a good one, he's a good one B option in goaltending. Agreed. Nadelkovich has become your starter, but you have your one B who can still play 35, 40 games a year if you need him to. Um, and, do, and do a good job doing it. Right. But this game, there was a ton of posts in the first period with that Jeremy Lozon goal that got called off, which I thought it was a little ticky tacky in my opinion. I could have seen that going the other way for the Red Wings. Really? I thought it was a little ticky tacky. I, I was think you ca- was you it- call that all they all call that the same way. So it's consistency. It's based on consistency of the I call suppose. of the goal interference. Yeah. I would say I'm, the- I'm pumped. I'm pumped about it. But- no, I'm okay with that. There's contact, no goal. Okay. Uh, yeah, obviously, like Grice wasn't set, like he dropped and he just put his hands up and hoped for the best. Um, but, but then, like, right, right, right away after, we had Lucas Raymond and Dylan Larkin swizzer, scissor switch, and then Larkin throws it down to Raymond. And Raymond short side snipe, but it was like on the ice. It was a that weird was goal. so filthy. I was so pumped <laughs> when that went in. I was, yeah, I was tweet. I already had it tweeted out on the account, and then all of a sudden, I hear review. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! And it's pretty clear cut. It's clear cut off. Oh, it was so clear cut. <laughs> um, I like. I think Ken Daniels pointed out on the broadcast the idea that so like with offside, I don't like that the blue line isn't counted within the zone. Like if the if the puck's touching the blue, that should be in zone, in my opinion. I disagree. Really, it's been like that forever. I know, but I like. I think it should be extended. If you want more offense, you extend that zone. I d- it doesn't I change. There's a, there's a fine amount of offense. I think. I don't know. I I really, I never looked at it that way, but I don't know. I don't like that. Like I feel like if a defenseman like keeps it keeps the puck in the zone, let's say, and his stick is the puck is still in the in the blue, but it's not touching the white anymore of the other zone. Like I still feel like that should be technically in zone. Yeah, I don't know. Once it touches the white from the other side of the neutral zone, I think it should be out of play. But I think it, as long as it's touching that blue line, I think it should be in zone. I disagree. Okay. All right. Well, then your sense, yeah, you're you're pumped about this goal getting called off. I was not pumped. I was very <laughs> upset. I I'm trying to I'm trying to have Lucas Raymond, you know, 
scores 10th goal. You're talking about this instance. This instance, I was like, no, damn. No, no, no. I I'm wish he would have carried it for a split second longer and then left the puck. But no, that's the know, funny part of this play. He could have carried it for another 0.5 seconds and it would have been the play. Would but have been you don't same. think about it. You think it's already onside and you're making oh, a yeah. play. He already has it planned out where he's going and what he's doing. Right? Which was amazing. Larkin, Larkin knew exactly what he was doing. See, that's it was a perfect play. It was just timed out a split second too early. Yeah. Um, we had also like really like this, like our power play. Oh, that was a really nice save by Grubauer on that goal that got called off too. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Sorry, I had an Adobe thing pop up again. I love that. Um, yeah, that was a that angle sucked. Like Raymond did a really good job of obviously seeing that he was off the post. It kind of <laughs> reminded me of the remember when I Philip, Zedina, that. Philip Zadina scored that weird goal against Florida last year. Where um, Bobrovsky yes. was way off his post. That kind of kind of reminded me of that one was worse, I think. Yeah. That was bad. That but was kind of, a straight angle, and <laughs> Bobrovsky was so far out of the net. <laughs> but like that's what it reminds me of. Um but yeah, our power play kept giving up like breakaway chances and Grice would kept bailing us out. Um then we had uh, Zadina with that breakaway move again, back to back breakaways. And again, he made a move and Grubauer made a good save on it. So I'm, I'm glad he's, he's getting the confidence to actually make a move. I, I was going to say I would love to rip on Grubauer here, but that was actually a nice move. It was a nice move and it was a good save. I think maybe I don't like moves like that simply because you don't have the option to shelf it. Right. Where When a goalie puts his pads on like that, I think you need to be more ready to be able to put a puck up in the top of the net because sometimes you're not gonna be able to just score like that you'd really have to fool them so yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a waste of a move in that sense if if they yeah, you do score if they it. do fall you have to score right there like i agree um yeah unless you make that move opposite to the backhand then you can roof yeah. it because the backhand you have that different angle in the stick yeah um yeah i again drew drew a penalty so that was cool uh, this was in the this was in the second period now, and and uh, weird power play like they got another chance in the power play, um, and it goes back and we have uh, Larkin centers it in front and go takes a weird bounce off the net and it goes to Fabry and Fabry buries the wide open net. Not much else to say about it. It's Beauty. cool for Fabry they scored and he was right place right time. Yeah, that was a pinball machine because that was the one where Larkin had hit the post, right? Yes. That yeah, he hit the post. Yeah, that was a weird. That was a weird. That one was too. so weird. That barely squeaked through and just trickled and hit the post. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, so that was the tying goal. Wait, no, am I missing something? That was a go-ahead goal. I think you're missing one. the the uh, the two or the one-one goal. Yeah, Seattle. that was. Why am I? Are you? I'm... I feel like I'm missing a goal. Because Donato Wings? had Donato had two. Okay, never mind. I'm not missing a goal. Red Wings were winning one nothing in this game. Yes. Then it went Donato from. Uh, it was the Donato fall. It was Osterly Zadina threw back to Cider. It was a bad pass. And Cider had to like retreat back. It was a weird pass to Osterly because where everyone was scrambling. Osterly like took it behind and fell. And then 
wide open pass Don- uh, Gord to Donato. Yes. And, and uh, Grice had no chance. Yeah. Left out to dry. Uh, I I saw a lot of people like I think I think Zadina took a took a seat on the bench after this play. Um, if you look at the play, Zadina doesn't really have an option up ice. So it was the right play in theory to pass it back to Cider, but it was a bad pass. Yeah, that was a horrible pass. I do remember that now. But like, if you look again, like his other option is either turn it over in the neutral zone or turn it over behind. So, I mean, either way, like it's not a great option and it should have been to his tape. Like it's an easy pass to make. So yeah, I get why you're mad at him, but also like, I don't really see a point of benching him. So that's just me. I don't know. I'm kind of like, unless it's like something extremely, extremely stupid. I don't really see a point in benching players. Like, they know what they did. I mean, if he's doing dumb stuff all night, there's a reason to bench him. Or if he's just been bad all night, there's also a reason to bench him. And if you think yeah, he's going to do Zidane, it... I don't think Zadine was bad at this point. Okay, well, if I'm sure Blash will have a reason. If he thinks he's going to do it again or something, set him down. Right. I don't know, care. Yeah. and then Zidane, had... Zidane hasn't been a game changer. So it doesn't hurt the team to have him benched. Right. Um, and then we had or was it the I think the Dun goal was first actually. It was the Dun goal. Damn. That was a power play goal. I, I messed up the order. This is Whatever. your job, not mine. Yeah, I'm kinda of blowing it. Like this game, I don't know, this feels kinda of like a like it's tough doing a when we do like the week recap and we have to cover three games. Like obviously we have more to talk about, but also remembering the games yeah. a little bit a little bit tricky uh but yeah vince don was a sign from the point power play i think is i don't know if michael rasmussen took the penalty but i kind of want to blame him uh yeah i think it was rasmussen <laughs> the dumb penalty. i don't know i don't know if he actually did i i don't i don't know i actually do think it was him okay we'll go with that then uh with yeah Dunn, it was just through screen again grice i'm not gonna blame him for that one and then we had, uh, so after the Donato goal, it was previously mentioned. Uh, I thought, like, at this point, the 2-1 lead, end of the set, basically the end of the second, two minutes left. Excuse me. Um, I really thought the Red Wings were just going to curl over and die. Back-to-back, nothing going. Then you have Vlad gets his own rebound and scores. Does the – he loves playing for the Red Wings, man. Yeah, he does. He did the little the jersey Sally again. I, mean, I love, love him it. playing for the Red Wings too. He ties his goal total from last year, which is hilarious. That is really funny. I thought he, he he's been probably our consi- most consistent player in the bottom the bottom six. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's particularly close either. Yeah, I mean, unless you look at like Sam Gagne's play, like not offensively. Yeah. Those were the only two guys I could think of, like consistent wise in the bottom six. Um, but yeah, no, super. I was pumped for Vlad. He was pumped. Everyone's pumped. We're all pumped. We're all pumped. We're all a little pumped. Um. So what was do we have? Oh yes, the most fun of it all. Lucas Raymond's turnaround shot. That was that was gross. I wish, obviously, he scored both goals and they both counted, but I'm glad this one happened. Me too. The other one was so silky, though. Ugh, this one was such a BB. There, like as soon as he turned to Mike, this is a goal. 
I don't know. Gruber should have had it. Probably, but not, I don't care. I knew he was going to score. Gruber bad. We get we get the point. You get the point. Uh, Larkin like threw it. It hit a skate. Uh, Cider also touched it, so they both get assists. So you love to see that the two besties get in on the goal. Um, yeah, again, elite shot from an elite player. Whatever, yada yada. I can keep talking on and on about it. He's an elite player. Get over it. You yeah, also talked about last week, Grant, when you were you you were on. We were talking about the the team Sweden and forgetting to put him on the list. Yeah, that's funny. We're, we're talking, I, like I, it's interesting if they're actually going to let him on the list. If the IIHF is going to let him on, if the you know if the NHL even goes to the Olympics, but it's just kind of like a, I tweeted it. I'm basically, it's like uh, he's not good enough yet, and then all of a sudden he does this, and he's like, all right, we change our minds. Where we are I mean, getting. I went to put him on the list before the season or like whenever. But the list was due like I think like we are. They already played fourteen games at that point. I think when the list was due. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Like you can't tell me there's fifty five play like fifty four other players that like Lucas Raymond shouldn't have been in front of at that. It point. depends what you're looking for because I think they they thought okay he's offensive but he's young. We have a bunch of players that are offensive and good. Like, yeah, I know there's, Team Sweden. There's, the t- there's different ways to look at it. And I know also like Team Sweden is a weird thing about veterans. Like I, obviously you see with Frölunda, they it's a veteran heavy heavy team. I know they try to run a more veteran team, so I guess maybe that's part of it as well. The I don't know the thinking there. Um, I saw the, the Sedin twins play. <laughs> Come out of retirement. They well they're yeah. actually they're probably gonna take over for Jim Benning eventually. Should be awesome. Which would be cool. Yeah. Which would be fun. Uh, would yeah. that be the first GM duo ever? Like, or would they both be head GM, or would it be assistant? Be co 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 GMs. That okay. would be so rockstar. That'd be. Awesome. I hope that happened. That's what I want. That'd be fun. Oh my gosh, I I would want to trade all our players to them. <laughs> I'd be a Vancouver fan. Yeah. Uh. Um. Yeah. So Raymond, it's three two. There's like six minutes left, and you know, sure as shit, the you know the Red Wings are gonna blow this lead. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Donato. I don't really know. Like he took, I kind of took the puck out of the corner and just let it rip. It was a really nice shot. I thought he had a really good game. Donato did. Yeah, he did. He looks like I remember when he first like made the league. He looks bigger than when he first made the league. Like, he looks. Thing. He looks no. He looks yeah. He looks thicker. Like he looks like a like a bigger player. I don't know. I I, I liked his game. I thought he was a good. I thought that was a good pickup by Seattle in as a free agency. Yeah, I like him. Uh, so yeah, tie game. Go. This is the first shootout game because overtime wasn't really anything. Uh, besides Rasmussen absolutely fumbling the puck, losing a puck battle to five nine Yanni Gord, and then Grice barely, barely bailing him out. Yeah, I did see that. That was awesome. That was so bad. Like, that was I, probably I, if if that game was going to end and Seattle was going to win, I would have wanted it that way. Maybe a little yeah. bit worse. Make it a little bit more embarrassing for the kid. Like for him to get the puck back and then another like five foot seven player to come in and take it from him. That yeah, would have made like, it even better. And then because lose. The more embarrassing play was like if he lost the puck battle and then he fell because Rasmussen stayed with him the entire time and like I guess sort of gave him pressure, but like really Yanni Gord was still able to get a really good shot off and Grice made the save. <laughs> so you would have needed to have Rasmussen take a spill and then Gord gets the open breakaway. I love how we're talking about this. This is awesome. 
I, like honestly, like for a team like we have very low, we had we had low, we had moderate expectations. We expected to be a little bit better this year, and we've exceeded those as a team. And considering we have only have two players we're upset about, is pretty good. Yeah, I guess. It just and it, it just sucks. He's he's this bad. I heard Vancouver wants Rasmussen. Hometown guy. Yeah, Jimmy Benning. He was gonna make a trade. I would be calling Jim Benning about Michael Rasmussen as long as he's still employed. We're actually going to swap ninth overall picks. They wanted to give up Pod Colson for Rasmussen. Pod Colson was 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 10th overall. Damn, close enough. I mean, yeah. Again, my biggest issue with Michael Rasmussen at this point is he plays plays six minutes too many a night. He played 10. No. 16 minutes too many. What does he play even? <laughs> He's averaging like 15, 16 minutes a night. Yeah. I I feel whenever I watch, it feels like Danny D and, and Rasmussen are always out there. I know DeKaiser hasn't played the last couple, but it always just – because that's it's when really something weird. bad happens. It's really weird because like DeKaiser, if you go back and like look at his ice time, like average a game, like Blasio's been playing him like 15, 16 minutes a night. But it feels like he's out there. I know it feels 30 like thirty to forty minutes a night. I know it does feel like that, and I feel the same way about Rasmussen. But Rasmussen for forwards, it's kind of he does play quite a bit for a forward. Um, but yeah, anyway, the Red Wings ended up alive. Uh, Hironic hit the post, and that was really the only. The Red Wings had most of the pressure in this game, besides the Gord chance. Hironic drilled the post with like three seconds left. Um, we go to the shootout, and we had Larks score a nice goal. Uh, we had Raymond make a really nice move in post, and we had it was the Donato chance where he like double deked himself, he had a wide open net, and he deked too many times, and it, the puck ran right into Grice. Tar classic, basically, the star classic. Yeah, he, he absolutely like Grice was swimming. Uh, I know Donskoy scored the tying goal, yeah, so he was, yeah, it was only one goal, yeah, one goal for each at that point. And it was kind of a weird goal. They reviewed it for a double tap, and it didn't end up being a double tap. And then the shootout got himself, Adam Ernie. I he hate does that in the shootout. But he's money. He is he's money. Mo- he's money with that move. Like you can't, you can't, you can't make fun of him. Like that's uh, a great shot. Yeah. Like he did it against Peter Morazic last year. He did it a couple times last year. I think he went like three for four last year in the shootout. <laughs> Which, Which is crazy. It's crazy, but like I, I love Adam Ernie. Like he can keep going to the shootout. I don't care. Yeah, I guess. I, I honestly like. I probably would have gone for maybe like a Philip Peronic. He's pretty good. He's pretty good in the shootout. You like, think? Is GR days? You remember his moves uh, in GR? Like remember those shootouts in the GR? Yeah, actually, I do. He had some really nice shootout goals in GR. Like uh, he probably would have been like one of my picks early. I don't know. Not not over Raymond Fabry and. Uh, Larkin, obviously, even though Fabry just missed the net completely. I don't know. I feel like that's when you throw in, like, actually, no, he can't finish. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess Ernie. Who cares? Ernie was, I think it was a fine pick. Like, I, I'm not mad about it. Uh, yeah, Red Wings win. Uh, Grice gets win number 150, which was cool, especially for a guy who's like predominantly a backup goalie in his career. That's a lot. That's a lot of wins. Yeah, that is. Uh, so yeah, the Red Wings are at four straight at that point, which is pretty sweet. 
uh, and the big story that I was talking about in this game, it kind of came into effect. Like the lack of forward depth in this game was pretty bad, but obviously with Bertuzzi getting put into COVID protocol, yeah, uh, that was the depth really got tested because we had Chris Cola playing in this game. They did fine. Yeah, I, I he was he was whatever, which is good. You know, you didn't notice him, yeah. which is all you really want from a guy who gets called up last minute. Yeah. I couldn't complain. The same thing with Dan Ruff. Like they both played fine and I didn't notice him. That's what I, sh- that's what I should be shooting for. Which is funny with Dan Ruff because I thought every AHL game I've watched, he's been rough. Yeah. And he looked honestly like in the red, like with the Red Wings, he looked good. I thought. I thought he looked like, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bertuzzi. So it was confirmed by Blashell. He's going to be out for the next five games from this point. So he missed one of them. So he's got four games left, which is some stiff competition this coming week. But we'll pre- preview that later. But you have obviously a Fabry move up a line. You have Giovanni Smith, who is playing second line minutes at this point. It just it it's not a great situation. No. And I mean, obviously, like we won't get into whatever all the the memes were made about it and whatnot. Like that doesn't make a like we don't need to dunk on him at this point. Like I hope he's doing better, and I hope he's all right. I think I think Blashell said he was feeling fine at the press conference. We haven't really heard anything since. Well, it's it sucks for him because it couldn't it could possibly be a false too no he's got a positive he's got a positive but it could be a a false positive that's what Um, Larkins was I so with so he would have been tested out at that point then what do you mean he he, if he would have if he would have had a false positive he would have he would have been back in the action earlier because because so he would have missed that game and then they would have tested again later. They, and been... I don't think they can test him again because he's unvaccinated. Oh, that's the issue. I think so. Okay, I I see. I thought I thought with that I thought he would have gotten tested again, but I so, uh, the way I, the way I understood it is he had COVID and that's how I understood it. Oh no, I think those are just COVID protocol. If you get a a positive, you can't play. I all I know is for the the requirements he doesn't get paid for any of the time he's missing yeah i don't know he's suspended he's suspended by the team for that reason um yeah obviously like on ice i wrote i wrote my article this week with hockey hound about it um just like everyone like everyone gets bumped up a line you need to who we're looking at to step up here and um fabry obviously played in the top line in this game he scored a power play goal so obviously that's a bonus he also played like 23 minutes this game yeah which insane and he can do that i think robbie fabry can do it it's just should he be doing it no but exactly and then i pointed out zadina who i thought had a good game against boston i thought he played fine in this game as well um he obviously he generated one of the better chances with heronic in overtime um and then ernie he scored the shootout winner and i thought he played decently well especially i think i thought he played really well against the like the last game we'll talk about but well, that's basically um, my, my pick with Sedina. It's always been my pick. He'll, yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy at this point who should. I, I've said. This. I, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about a different. Oh, the my, shootout. My, You're talking my, about the shootout. No, no, my pick with him. It's my pick with him is basically he looks good, with, a man advantage, and when he has more space, so three and three or four and four, I, don't like the way he looks five and five. That's fair. Even though his like analytic numbers and which I know you're not a huge like I think you, more so you don't understand how they're weighted, but 
you can kind of see like where he generates chances of five on five. I, 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 under, I understand it. I just don't like it because I don't. I can look at a, a player like Sedina and see that he should be scoring more. Yeah, and I think I think you can tell that from the numbers, and I think you can tell it from his body language that he's not happy with not scoring. And I think I think Blash has talked about it a bunch. Like he takes it like way too personally when he doesn't score. And I think that affects his game. And I think the trick is getting getting him out of his own head for him to unlock this because I think it's all I think it's mental. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear at this point. But it's just frustrating when he's banked on to score when he is not producing. That's why I don't believe he should be in a top six right now. That's why I was okay with him playing fourth line and think he should still be in the fourth line. Yeah, I would how I would do the lines right now if like Bertuzzi was still fully healthy. I'd go obviously the first line is intact. Like that's not changing. I would throw – the second line would be tough. That's where you question some things. I'd probably throw Ernie up there. I'd with, throw Valeno up there. No, no, no. So Valeno's on my third line. Valeno's on my third line with Nemesnikov and Zadina because I think that could be a fun line. And I'd go Ernie with the first two because you have some size. And then you go Smith, Ganya, Rowney at this point. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then Rasmussen gets thrown to the moon. I get where you're coming from, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Um, I don't like Ernie in the top six as well. So, no, I yeah, I get that. Uh, maybe we'll have top six Johnny Smith again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's a baller. He's a baller. We can talk about him. I yeah, talk about it in a little bit. Um, we're hoping Andy would come by this point, but I don't think it's going to happen. Tough go on snow. Yeah, he's plowing snow. We'll miss. We miss him. Uh, a couple things. Afterwards, this um, we had the funny video of uh, the guys wrestling on the ice. That's pretty funny. That was everyone ganging up on cider, hilarious. And then Raymond being like the shitty little brother, just like spraying spraying him afterwards. Yeah, hilarious. I like that. Like Nick Letty, like seems like a he, he's like really quiet and reserved, but he seems like a really likable guy. Like in the room. Yeah, he is. And then <laughs> with the. Um, if anyone hasn't listened to it yet, I'm going to plug, plug this, but, uh, the, the Nelkovich interview on the John, on John Scott's podcast where very good. Nadal, very good. Nadalkovich is usually with Red Wings. They're very like buttoned up shirt. Like this is my answer and we don't really have fun kind of thing, which is whatever we had the, like the most animated guy in Red Wings history. I can think of is like Holmstrom. And then afterwards, it's kind of like everyone's very professional, which fine. We won, we won championships, so I don't really care. Uh, but Nadelkovich really seems like he has a lot of personality and doesn't really care what he says. And he's a little loose, which is, which is awesome. And he was talking about like his situation with Carolina, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and just how the Red Wings are right now. And Nick Letty's <laughs> nickname came up, <laughs> Lead Pipe. I think it's very funny. That is um, funny. Yeah, it was a really good interview, and yeah, it leads perfectly because Nick Letty uh, first game back against the Islanders, and he said he got dinner with everyone, which is pretty cool. Like I like I like hearing stories like that. Uh, yeah, I I like when people are personal about um that kind of stuff and are able to shed some light on uh locker room stuff and stuff like that that uh the way Nadelkovich is. I understand why people aren't. And mm-hmm. I think all, all the power to you if you are or aren't. Yeah, exactly. 
uh, yeah, let's get into this game, which most recent game, uh, Saturday night. And we're coming against the – I really thought – I honestly thought the Raiders were going to lose this game. Oh, nine and one Islanders. And uh, they, yeah. got a, they got a bunch of players back, and I'm like, they're going to beat the Red Wings. I almost hammered Islanders. <laughs> and I was texting Fugue, our friend – or my friend, anyway. I guess you've never really met Fugue. He's in our fantasy league, but – um. I was texting Fugue the entire game, and oh, he's just so sad at this point. I actually feel bad. I, I think the Islanders are still a good team. They're I think just, so, too. The starting on the road all season, that's got to be hard. Like, dog, that sucks. And also, or, I don't know how. And then all the injuries and then uh, COVID. COVID protocols they went through. And also, they didn't – yeah, and, like, they didn't cancel games until, like, at the end where, like, already, like – eight of, like, their important players already had it. Yeah, there were, like, six games through it. Like, you had Andy Andoroff playing third-line minutes for them. Okay, he's dirty. <laughs> um, Yeah, no, and all through that, like, Elias Sorokin still has a 929 on the year. Which is unbelievable. They just can't score goals. No, and that was the case this game, too. Actually, no, no they, scored their, they scored their most goals uh, of the year this year, I think, right? Yeah, not not of the year, but like most goals in. I think in the stretch. Yeah, the stretch they score the most goals, which is. I mean, they have one goal after two periods in Chicago right now. So. A Chicago winning. It's one one at UBS. So I I thought this would be their first win. I thought this would be their first win. Didn't you hammer them? I did hammer the Isles tonight. Nice regulation. Ooh, yep. Yeah. Fugle like that. Fugle like that. Um. Yeah, I thought this game, especially for the first period of the Red Wings, uh, it was all Red Wings. But, of course, the first goal goes to the Islanders. Uh, we're Off the power play, Rasmussen kind of wins the draw, kind of doesn't, doesn't tie up his guy. Gets through, puck goes to Cal Quarterbuck on the wing. And I'm pretty comfortable at this point because it's like a one-on-two at this point. And on the power play, oftentimes you get a, you get a guy back who's not a defenseman. And in this case, it was Zadina defending him. And I'm like, okay, like, it's an easy poke. Like, it should be really easy. But then as soon as Clutterbuck started to turn on the Jets, go around him, Zadina didn't start skating faster and then turned too slow. And then Clutterbuck burnt him and then he burnt Nedeljkovic because Nedeljkovic went for the poke. Yeah. Bad, bad goal all around. Cool goal for Clutterbuck. It looked nice. I'm a huge Clutterbuck guy too. So I thought that was, I was okay with that. Yeah. Like me too. I was good, good for the guy. Especially yeah. after, after the game when we won, I was like, cool. Yeah, and I should say this, but like before a couple of these things, there was a bunch, it was kind of a gritty game. Right away, Letty gets bullied by Paul Mary from behind, which I thought maybe could have been called, but they didn't, whatever. And then Cider gets drilled from behind by Honors Lee, which I thought that, that was the right call. They called that right away. Um, but yeah, that was, yeah, Islanders were coming out some intensity early, and then they got shut down pretty quick. Uh, we had. Yeah, so that goal, Zadina obviously not not a good look there, but also I don't know. I I'll throw him some slack, I guess. Nidalkovich probably shouldn't have gone that hard against the poke. He showed it too early. I mean, as a goal, you're trusting your defenseman. I agree. I agree. Uh, to make a play there, I agree. Um, but right away, like the, the Red Wings responded pretty quickly. We had uh, actually Rafi said win the draw, Ernie gets it back to Hronik, and Hronik wires it from the point. Really nice shot on the wrister. Yeah. He should win average draw. He's six foot six. 
and he's doing pretty well in the faceoffs now. Like he's fifty three percent, I think. Great. Yeah, like don't care. Our, congrats, you're Luke Lendanning. Congrats. You're six, you're you're six winning, foot six. If you're six foot six and you're winning fifty three percent of faceoffs, then you should be winning seventy five percent of faceoff. He's a less offensive Luke Lendanning. Yeah, he's way worse than Luke Lendanning. <laughs> if you ask me right now, I'd trade. Rasmussen in our first for Glenn Denning. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, that was a joke. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. Um, <laughs> I was just re- I was reading what, what happened next and like the thing, but uh, we had, so the goal was deflected off Paul Mary. That's why I, I knew it was a player, but I was trying to remember which player it was deflected off of. Oh, yeah. The Veronical. But uh, we had Adam Ernie with like the biggest hit of the year. That was a huge hit. And it was super clean. Uh, elbows were down. He didn't really go into him because it was he came right off the bench and Bovillier had a full head of steam. And, that was such a bad series pass. Oh, it was awful. And Bovillier had no idea what's happening. And Ernie did a really good job. Like he didn't take any strides. He kind of just stopped and lowered his knees a little bit and just went right into him. Super yeah. clean hit. Wallstrom took offense and they had like a little tussle. I but hate then that. Wall- Wallstrom got an instigator penalty off of it though, so it was it was worth it. Like, yeah. And Ernie was completely fine. So as long as everyone's like not hurt, like whatever, I don't care. I just hate those fights. What's the point? I understand if it's a dirty hit, that's a clean hit. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the I'm gonna throw the scenario at you though. You're oh nine and one. You have nothing going for you. Yeah, get the guys going somehow. If you're the Islanders, right? Cool. Don't be oh nine and one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, uh, if you look yeah, at it from that perspective, I understand you understand that. Yeah, if you look at it from that perspective, you kind of see what they're coming from. So, um. But that's not the thought process going into that. That's a I think that's the in heat of the moment, your guy gets rocked, you fight. You're not thinking about being 0 9 1. Right. Right. Uh I thought the power play had a couple good looks there. Like again, the first units kind of just they were just buzzing around. They couldn't really get any good shot quality. I thought Cider had a couple good shots in the point, and we'll get to Cider later, obviously. But uh uh the following shift, I'm pretty sure is the fourth line right after. Giovanni Smith wins a board battle, uh, goes to Sam Gagne, and Sam Gagne, a sneaky veteran move, little deflection. You got to love it. That was actually dirty. That was really nice. I loved it. Sneaky. It was really nice. Big fan of that. I'm a big fan, big fan of Sam Gagne. Me too. I'll, I'll sing his praises all day. He's great. Sign him five by five. Yeah, he posted it. He's playing Skippo with his with his kids today. Like this is a wholesome dad. Good dad. Yeah, you love to see it. Uh, yeah, I was pumped about that, and I thought like in this game too, like the like we kind of ripped on Rass a little bit ago, but I thought like I thought this is the best that Rass has looked up until the third period in overtime. I thought this is the best that Rass has looked in a long time. I thought the third um, and fourth lines for the Red Wings were pretty good this game. What do you consider good though? What's your good? Uh, He's passable. Okay. But like Vlad and Ernie, I thought had good games. So yeah, like yeah. they, yeah. And they were carrying the load. I think Vlad was buzzing. Like Ernie had a bunch of good chances. Uh, the centering pass from Rasmussen to Vlad. I don't remember what period it was, but Vlad like just looked up afterwards because he knew he probably should have had it. Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember that one. Uh, I think so. Yeah, like, I'm just like, he, he made the perfect play because he was kind of like in between a bunch of Islanders and he got his stick right on it and it went right into Sorokin's gut. That was, was right like between weird... the hash marks, right? Yeah. He's basically yeah, yeah. right in the center there. 
Rasmussen made a really nice pass because it went through sticks, obviously, and it was a good pass. And he meant to do it. Not, not a weird <laughs> deflection. He meant to do it. I love that uh, you're saying he meant to do it. And that you have to clarify that he meant to make a pass because he's so bad that usually he doesn't mean to do something. <laughs> exactly. That's my favorite part. Yeah. But like the, the first period, I don't think that was in the first period. I think that chance was in the second. But the first period ended up to be like 12 three shots. Like, eesh. Islanders not looking good. Yeah. And then second period comes in. I really thought like the, the Red Wings special teams wasn't that bad. They just happened. The Islanders happened to capitalize on all their special teams. Uh, Wallstrom, sick shot. You could argue that Ned probably should have had this one. It was a weird shot off his hip, I think it was. Yeah. So you can, can kind of say he probably, should, he probably should have had it, but also it was a really weird. Wallstrom has a really, he's a really nice release with the flex he uses because he uses a pretty whippy stick you yeah can see you can see you can see the way he shoots he uses a whippy stick uh no so it was, it was really nice shot and power play like again whatever it's weird that the islanders have a 30 they're the 32th 32nd ranked po- uh podcast i almost said podcast power play. the 32th ranked podcast i know i messed up a bunch of things in that sentence that was yeah. pretty rough i liked it thank you i invented a new New word a new th- there. A new thing. New thing. A new thing. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Wallstrom. I I thought him and Barzell were probably their better players this game. Sorokin, I thought had a good game too. But I think Barzell was probably at points the best player on the ice besides uh number fifty three for the Red Wings. But Casey Zekas. Casey Zekas wasn't playing using COVID protocol. Oh. I was talking about uh, number 53 for the Red Wings. Oh, well, that's, yeah. He got traded to the Red Wings. Oh, he got traded to the Red Wings. Nice. Um, yeah, like, the rest of the game, I think um, this, this this period was pretty much all Red Wings again. I know Fugue texted me at the end of the second. He's like, I don't even want to watch the third. He's like, I don't, I don't know why I even bother. Yeah. It was announced that Lindstrom also wouldn't come back in this game. I didn't even know what happened to him. I missed that completely. I still have no idea. Um, like I tried to look for it, I couldn't see any replays or anything. I don't think anyone really knew. Um, that was a nice little voice crack on my part. That was also nice. Yeah, it was cool. I haven't had a voice crack since I was like sixteen, but whatever will happen when it's twenty when I'm twenty two. It's fine. Um, yeah, so five D going into a game, it's two one. I'm don't feel super great about it. And then the Red Wings get scored on the power play. Wallstrom again, right? Am I or am I missing something again? I I think you're right. I don't know. Nope i I missed uh, the three one goal. I think or it was no, it was, it was two two at that point. I missed the three two goal. Uh, Giovanni Smith. I'm not doing a great job with order of goals today. You not write it down. I did write it down. I just I, I I'm trying to like freehand it off my head. I don't like reading off my phone. Oh. Um, I'm, like I try to remember like in order, and and I thought I'd handle this game especially well because it just happened. Um, well, this goal, really good board battle win. Like he outworked Scott Mayfield, which is pretty impressive in itself because Scott Mayfield's a pretty solid shutdown D, and also a big boy. I think Scott Mayfield's like six six, and I mean Jamani Smith's a big boy, but not that big. Um, comes down the wing. I and Andy Green was so convinced that Johnny Smith, Johnny Smith wasn't shooting it. It was pretty funny. Like Andy Green was all over Sam Gagne, 
and Giovanni Smith had a wide open shot and absolutely sniped Sorokin. Yeah. Love this. Love the Selly. I'm a little upset that Giovanni Smith didn't go for the Gordy Howe hat trick though. He had a goal and assist at this point. I don't know. I'm a little bit disappointed. I would have been dumb to fight. I'm happy he didn't. Because I'm joking. Oh. Obviously, you're not going to fight when you're winning, but I again, I, I, it would have been cool. No, that would have been dumb. I would have been pissed. If you would have had a fight before this, I'm saying, it would have been cool if it would have already happened in this game. It just happened naturally. What was fights that? Are so, fights are so circumstantial. Yeah, I agree. If the circumstances allowed it to happen, I would have right. enjoyed it. Yeah. I hate when he looks for fights. It's always yeah, in bad I think, times. I think it's funny that him and Rasmussen kind of switch positions and who takes the dumber penalties. You know, like Smith early on was the one averaging a penalty a game. And now Rasmussen, which we'll get to after this, he's five, five for five game, like all five Red Wing wins. Rasmussen has taken a penalty. It's almost like they switched completely too, because Smith was really, really bad at the start of the season. And now I can tolerate him. Actually, Ras was bad all year. Never mind. Bad comparison. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about Smith though. Like I think he's been especially this week, all three games. I thought he he's played very I think he's played pretty well, like in his in his role. Yeah, I agree. I'm happy with him. I, I mean, think he's when when you win a game four to three and you're on the ice for all three goals, you're doing all especially three regulation fourth, goals. Your fourth line, you're your fourth line too. You're, you're doing something right. And I thought like I've I've talked about this a lot with like the Red Wings depth. Like it seems like after the first line, they it's really like touch and go. If the Red Wings win, you know, if you know if the you know the depth is gonna score or whatever. But uh this game obviously was it was carried mostly by the depth. Yeah. Which is a great thing, uh obviously. But yeah, so that was that was the three two goal. Why am I questioning it again? Yeah, it was the three two goal. And Rasmussen, as I previously stated, takes a dumb penalty. Slash, slashes, um, I forgot whose stick out of his hands. Earned it, whatever. I think he broke his, broke the guy's stick too. And Wallstrom again. And it, this one deflected off Carter Rowney. So I don't, yeah, Ned, Ned had no chance on this one. Like it goes up like that. That's, that's a tough one. That's a, that's a no win situation. Yeah. That, and I took the kind of it seems like it took the wins out of the sales of the Red Wings a little bit. I thought Matt Barzell at this point was the best player. And like him and Sider was just a battle between who was going to be better. And yeah, he had, like, I think Matt Barzell played like 23 minutes as a forward. And it seemed like every other shift, he'd have a different, he'd have a different wingers. Um, yeah, this game ends up going overtime and then we get, <laughs> I'm, I'm upset. So, We'll talk about this before. Like Michael Rasmussen had two overtime shifts in this game, and I'm I, when he started the game, I'm like, please God, do not have Matt Barzell on the other side of this because it's gonna end badly. And luckily, it was like Pajot and I don't remember Paul who, Mary, which I'm like, okay, fine, I'm comfortable with that matchup. I can take it. Yeah. And Cider basically worked. He he was basically like playing one against three, and he won. He was yeah. he was absolutely working. Cider it was Cider's overtime. He was the best player in overtime and it wasn't really close. And then, yeah, we had – it was about a minute and a half left. We had Zadina and Suter out there with him and a good cycle situation and Suter throws it down to Sider and 
I well, all of Cider's toolbox, you kind of forget about his shot. Yeah. <laughs> that was a Philip Ronick shot. Yeah, that was a snipe. I don't know. I just even in Traverse City when him and uh or was it him and Larkin feeding each other for one timers or was it him and yeah, Raymond? Is Larkin. But yeah, like his one timers really good. He's yeah, I don't I know there's something I know something he's like stated that he's worked on a bunch since he's been drafted. And I mean in that sense, like that was in and out so fast. Like at first I didn't know if it went in. Yeah, that was a really nice shot. Really good. Um yes, Red Wings, he becomes the first Red Wing defense rookie defenseman in their history to score two overtime goals. Yeah, in a season. season. And fifth defense uh, fifth uh rookie defenseman in NHL history to do it. Yep. Pretty, uh, cool. pretty sweet, man. Uh, three goals in the year, 14 assists, 17 points. Uh, I predicted him to have 25 points in the whole year at the beginning of the year. I said 25 looking, to 30. I'm looking, we're looking, we're looking pretty stupid at this point. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy to look stupid on this one. Me too. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Eden's crying outside, outside the door right now. I hear him. Did you, did you hear him? Yeah. That's really funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, Eden's my cat. Everyone, he misses uh, you. He does miss me. He wants to come say hi. He wants to get on the podcast. He has some strong opinions yeah. about my, Michael Rasmussen in overtime. Oh, get him on. <laughs> Let's chat it up, Eden. Yeah, he's got some. He got some opinions on it. Uh, but to go into cider, I thought this was, and I'm not saying this because it was a goal, but I honestly thought this was cider's one of his better games. One of his best games, not better, because it makes it sound like he's underperformed at some points. He's been great all year. And we had we talked about we were talking about it earlier with the rookie debate. And it's great. Like Lucas Raymond and Trevor Zegers have been very good and and to be close to a hovering around close to a point per game as a forward as a rookie, super impressive. But to be like that close as a defenseman is unprecedented as a rookie. Well, it's not even that. It's just being on both sides of the puck. Cause I mean if Bowen Byram was playing the same amount of games right now that Cider had played, Bowen Byram has dealt with injuries. He's probably really similar, if not more points than Cider. I don't know if I agree with that, but okay, whatever. So going off that, Bowen Byram's not as good defensively as Cider, in my opinion. No, he's not. I don't know how much you've watched him, but his impact offensively is, is stupid. He's disgusting offensively. Bowen Byram is very good, yes, but... I'm yeah. saying I don't know... He doesn't play the minutes that Sider does and have the impact on both sides of the ice, but he does have the offensive impact. I just don't think there's anyone that's doing near to what Sider's doing this year, where you could make the argument that Zegris is doing something similar to Raymond. Yeah, and I think I, sh- I sent you like the Jay Fresh. Um, they did he did like a fan poll of who should be winning one awards and. Lucas Raymond, Mart Sider first and second, and I think that's what I would vote in Zegers being third. But honestly, if if Sider carries that's, this through, he, yeah. if he carries this through a full season, I I think I change my mind. I think I go Sider for Calder. I think I would go Sider right now. I don't know if I agree with that right now, but I can see well, it. like it, it's not look, either either one isn't a bad pick. I'm just saying there's there's a difference in the in the sense of the two of them having different impacts but Raymond's being more profound right now in the rookie class 
where I right. don't think I the next closest person to Cider right now is Drysdale. Right. And Drysdale's yeah. not close. I, I wouldn't put him on the same level. No. Nope. I, I would not say, like he's having a bad year, but I would be curious to see. I do is Byram. If Byram was playing right now a full game, if he didn't have to battle entry. Byram is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Well, I said like when the Red Wings were drafting in 2019, I think I was rather I would have I was pushing for a defenseman. I was really hoping Byram would fall to the Red Wings. I'd be okay with Byram right now. Yep. And... I just think part of the reason he's he was doing so good too is he plays for Colorado. He has a lot of offensive power up front mm-hmm. that can help his offensive ability. And I think it's pretty clear at this point that Moritz Sider is the second best player in that draft class. Um, that's so early to say that right now. I don't know because there's so many what ifs. Like how it's you're talking Jack Hughes first, right? Yep. How do you make the case that Jack Hughes is better right now? I think you look at you look at his past two seasons. His first season, he was obviously not ready. His last two seasons, I he's been one of New Jersey's best players. Okay. Last season, he wasn't great, though. This season, to start off, he's been really good. But I just – I don't – I hate making comparisons like this to saying someone's the best player in this draft. You're really no fun. I know, but I'm just saying – Professor like, Poopy Pants over here is two, really two dull at my after, point. I just – I was like, right I was right last week in the podcast. I'm like, you bring us down. Okay. If Andy was with me right now, we would be having a lot of fun. We would be talking about how Sider's the second best player. Andy would have said he was the first best player, and we would have had a fun conversation. About I was that. just about to say he's the first best player. How do you rank Jack Hughes over him? What has Jack Hughes done? Cool, wow, he okay. makes sixty-four so we are million. Fun. Cool, he makes sixty-four <laughs> million. I actually, I'm, I'm a fan of that contract. I said that. I said I'm a fan. I'm of a fan of it too. But how do you rank yeah. him? What makes you say that he's that Sider's the second best? And what makes you say that Zegers isn't better than Hughes? I think Zegers has been better than Hughes has been. Ah, uh, that's a tough See? one for me. It's a tough one. Okay, fine. It's hard to it's hard to do this. It's you can't. Yeah. And I would like to see Bowen Byer more because he's been a stud every time he's touched the ice. Okay, fine. This, All this I'm draft, saying this draft class is going to be very damn good. Yes. Well, 2019 it kind of kind of reminds me of 2016 draft where like everyone really panned out to be good players. Yeah. Not all of them are going to be elite players. Like he had obviously had Matthews. Pugliarvi took a while to get going. Dubois and Line A both had their ups and downs, but both look like they figured out their games. And you keep going down the list. You know what I mean? Yeah. One is getting killed by three right now in that draft. It's like five to one. What are you talking about? Winnipeg versus Toronto. Dubois versus Matthews. Is it's uh, like five five to one Winnipeg or six? To oh, one. really? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Well, Winnipeg was losing a bunch of games, so it's like, and they also Toronto started wall, I think, because they're in a back to back. But this is gonna be two games Toronto drops in a row. Not that it matters, well, I mean, but they're, they're both against good teams. Right, right. Uh, well, Winnipeg's been struggling lately. That's my point. I think they were they were like zero and eight their last couple of ga- like last eight games. They won the last game. Shively had a hat trick. You should know that. I that traded him. Yep, that that one. Okay, I was talking before that. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Um. But yeah, kind of my talking point that we were talking we were talking about this pre-show. We're not really pre-show a couple hours before. Yeah, we have a pre-show. We only stream it to exclusives. Well, I'm talking like pre-show, like pre-show is like talk about like where you just prep with it's not recording. But we talked like 
and a couple hours before we recorded. Um, and we're ta- we're getting to the point now where the Red Wings they're on pace for ninety five points, and it's it's there's enough games played where there's a legitimate conversation to be said that they could be in the playoffs. Like that's not really a a weird thing to say. Odds are they probably still don't end up in the playoffs, but like their odds are probably like they're a lot greater than what we expected, right? Yeah. Um, it's pretty circumstantial, but I now do see a possibility where they do make the playoffs where if you had told me two weeks ago, I would have said no way in hell. Yeah, like on right pace for now, 95 points. It's ahead. not even where on pace, it's who's behind us right now. Right? You have the Bruins in there, which I think the Bruins ultimately do make the playoffs. But it's a possibility of beating out a fourth Metro team between us and the Bruins. Yeah, if you look at the other Metro cards. teams. I don't think Pittsburgh's good. Yeah, um, Pittsburgh hasn't been great. Columbus, I thought Philadelphia was going to be very good this year. And they're very not. They're very not. Um, uh, Columbus might be the only other team I'm like kind of worried about in that sense. I'm worried about Pittsburgh more than Columbus. And I don't think yeah, that's fair. of my worries. I do think there's a good chance. I would say 40-60 chance that the Red Wings make the playoffs. Right I now, like those odds. where I am. I'm with you. I I'm with you. I like those odds. Um, but it brings up the question is where are the Red Wings at right now? Like we, is this is the whole thing. I, I look to the Vancouver Canucks who obviously the Red, totally different GM just play along with me. Okay. Yeah. Um, they made like, in theory, they made a move way too early when they thought they were a better team. And now they're in a weird spots so where you look at the Tyler Myers, Tyler Myers contract. You traded for OEL. You, yeah, you have weird defensive structure. Obviously, it's the GM that made those decisions, but ultimately, like, like if the Red Wings ended up being close to a playoff spot, like, you're not going to be drafting as good moving forward. Yeah, right. And it's just the question is what what's the team going to look like? Like, how is it going to be built out? Like, where are we right now as a team? This is yeah. a good, this is a good this is a great problem to have. I'm not trying to take anything away from the Red Wings. They've won five straight games. We should be very happy as Red Wing fans. I agree. I don't know. I I really am okay with this. Oh, it does pumped. make it it makes it difficult. But I don't know. I I just get confused about at the deadline. What if you sit? Let's say we ultimately we jump one of the other Atlantic teams and we're seven points ahead of, towards the deadline. Right. This is mm-hmm. this is all um, hypothetical sit, sit, situational hypothetical. Because I don't think we'll be seven points ahead of anyone. No, it's but, gonna be a dogfight. It's gonna be a dogfight to the end. But let's say we are. What what do you do there? Do you trade for somebody? So I kind of look to you if you look at teams, I think Ken Holland kind of said it best. And I know it's weird quoting Ken Holland, but when you know your team's good, you go for it. Yeah. And I kind of agree with that. I think Ken Holland or Ken Holland, Steve Eisman will take a similar approach. Like the Red Wings will like if they make the playoffs. They're not going to win the first. They're not going to make it out of the first round. Yeah. So you I give them a. It's more you give experience them, based. Yeah, exactly. You give them a little support. You give them a guy who could. You look for like a third line player, like a maybe a better defenseman option, right? Because at this point, we're assuming the travel rules don't change. You're gonna, if you're well, odds are you probably gonna end up against a Canadian team. Like let's yeah. say you're playing Toronto first round. You're gonna miss Bertuzzi four of those seven games. Yeah, so you, you might want to look for a winger help because Verano will be coming back, which would help. But again, you you want a little more depth. 
Mm-hmm. So you look at it in that sense where you'd probably be trading it like for, I'm not saying obviously we have Vlad Nemestikov. You'd be looking for a Vlad Nemestikov type player. Yeah. And it kind of like what Nashville did last year when they traded for Cabranson, obviously not a good trade and Cabranson's not that good, but when you're giving up like a fourth round pick for a player, that's what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have so many assets, right? Like we have, we could do whatever we want. And it kind of goes into the conversation with where the Red Wings are after this year. Like, let's say they do make the playoffs and they're picking like 16th in the draft. Uh, it's hard to find another elite player at that point. And you have to start looking for the future, like where are we going to be at in five years as a team and how are we going to compete for the cup? That's the best part of how, where we have drafted recently. So we haven't had that ultimate first overall pick, but we've drafted well enough to make a trade for the future. Like I said, the, mm-hmm. the left side of our defense is just loaded with prospects. Someone I, would I, definitely be willing to take uh, our, our highest one, probably being Albert Johansson. That would be tradable. Right. I agree. Um, someone would definitely want that. And then you could add onto that and possibly get a good, a higher ceiling forward. Yeah. That's because my biggest, my biggest hole right now on the team is center yeah is the center position um obviously dylan larkin's still young and he's going to be on the team for a long time and i think dylan larkin is a top six center on the team and he's he's our first line center right now and he's good at it yep but the question is you need that other guy like pew suter has been good at this year but it's pretty obvious to me that he's not a he's not a second line center on a good team agreed he'd be a great third line center i agree um and again this is why i brought up the thing with raymond like, I think he's smart enough where he could play center, but then also then it takes away from that right side where we don't have a lot of right wingers that are that good. You know what I mean? We have no right-handers. Right. At all. So I think, obviously, like, my point kind of comes mute. Moot. Not mute. Moot. Unless we, we bump Carter Rowney up to a higher role, which That's I'm true. okay with. That's true. Good point. <laughs> um, But I kind of compare us right now, like, if the Reddings with the prospects we have right now and, like, how our forward situation is set up, I know it's not a, like a great comp- – like, I think it's a pretty good comparison, actually. I shouldn't say that. But the 2017 Stanley Cup playoffs, Nashville Predators. Now, it might sound weird to you, but, like, think about it for a second. If you compare us, we're – most of our high-end prospects and high-end players that are coming up for the future, defense. You look at the top four. Yeah. Goaltending, our high-end prospect with – we have Nadelkovic, who would be Rene comparable. Then we have Kosa, who would be Saros comparable. Right? And then on forward – they had that first line that was very good in that playoffs. Obviously, you can make your arguments now afterwards, but Philip Forsberg's still a great player. I can like Forsberg to Raymond, right? Yeah. And you have Larkin and you throw like Verona or Bertuzzi as that other comparison. That's kind of where my head's at right now. And you can win like that. They were very like they lost in six games. They were six games. And they had good teams like before that. It was like a five year run where they had good teams. Yeah. And it's kind of where I'm in like our, our core is younger than that. They had old, their defensemen were older and we're going to have a lot more success coming from that. The question is, do we have enough depth at this point? And I don't think so right now. Forward wise. No, ultimately I think the comparison of the top four is good, a good comparison, but you compare, let's say Sider to Roman Yossi, right? Correct. Who do you compare Edvinson to? Edvinson is going to be better than the other three. I think Ryan Ellis is very good and underrated. I'd I'd be happy. I'd be happy if Edvinson becomes Ryan Ellis. I think Edvinson's gonna 
overshadow Ryan Ellis by quite a bit. Yeah, and I hope so. I'm just saying if it, if he ends up becoming that and it's nothing more, that's a great pick still. It's a great pick at six. Yeah, it is. And Matias Alcom is extremely underrated. He is very and underrated. He's very good defensively. He throw like, like Heronic's not like the exact same player, but you have Heronic of that caliber. I think Alcom's probably better than Heronic. But then Heronic have... just looks like Ryan Ellis. So I compare him to Ryan Ellis all the time. That's fair. The same size they, they look alike. Same size, beard. Also, I compare that. him to Conor McGregor because one time for Halloween he dressed as Conor McGregor. That's true. And and, Sve- and he, Evgeny Svechnikov. Like Evgeny Svechnikov was uh, Freddy Krueger. So I stay away from Evgeny Svechnikov all the time. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, I just yeah, it's so exciting to think about. And it's not a negative. I'm not bringing this conversation up as a negative, like poo poo on the Red Wings fun season because this is extremely fun. Obviously, as a pot, when we started this podcast, we didn't think about like how much fun this team could be. I was projecting the Red Wings to be like six in the Atlantic, yeah, with like seventy-eight points. And it's quite obvious we're going to be finishing like well over eighty at this point. And it's that question: Is that we going to be an eighty-five point team or a ninety-five point team? Because ninety-five points, you're basically in the playoffs, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and you got to look at the future. And I think, I think some, yeah, like I've I saw something where. We're asking who the stars in the team. Uh, Raymond and Sider are going to be the stars of the team. They're going to be your franchise guys. And you hope that Edmondson can join that group. And if Kosa hits his ceiling, that's a great four. Yeah. It's a great four, and it's very exciting. Um, yeah. So we can move on. I want to preview the last – before we wrap up here, I want to preview the next week's games before we sign off. Uh, Nashville on Tuesday, it's ESPN Plus and it's kind of later, so I'm hoping it's not Leah Hextall again. Too. I have a I have a sick feeling it's going to be, but I hope not. What time is uh, that game at? Eight thirty. Eight o'clock. It's not bad. Perfect for perfect for you. Bad for me. Why is it bad for you? Practice. Oh yeah. Oh, you're coaching. Okay. Um. Yeah. Eight o'clock, Eastern time. Then we have. Uh, we have a back-to-back at St. Louis, at Colorado. Um, those should be interesting. I was talking about this earlier. I, I, I think you start Nadalkovich against Nashville because you have the break. You go Grice against St. Louis, and then you go Nadalkovich against Colorado. That's Thursday, Friday, right? Yep. I'm going to miss that. I'm going go to I'm gonna be watching Robert Master Simone and Ethan Phillips on Friday night for Emma's birthday. It's going to be fun. And hopefully, is that BU versus BC, you said, yeah, it's gonna be fun. That's dirty, you know. Like, both the teams aren't that great this year, it's still electric, it's still gonna be great, uh, great atmosphere. So, I'm hoping, hoping that'll be fun. Obviously, Emma's birthday, so it'll be a fun night. Um, yeah, we'll have a bunch of our friends get together, it'll be fun. Um, yeah, so I think that's gonna do it for for this. So, it's not like you anything else to add, nothing. All right. Uh, also, I should mention we almost like I don't know, like I, the number I'm looking for. Not yeah, we we jumped a bunch of listens this weekend, and I just want to say if anyone new is listening, I appreciate the support. Uh, follow us on Twitter at TPL Pod. Um, yeah, we have the website. You can check that out. We have. Um, obviously subscribe on Apple or Spotify, throw us a review, tweet at us, whatever. Uh, we appreciate all the support. 
and I'll do it for this one. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you.